So this one is called The Gift of Mercy. Again, Ooh, this is one savvy pen, pen metal. Uh, dated January 26th, 2009. Which is wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> you got dates on these? Yeah, from when they were posted. Oh, I didn't get all mine off of the uh, Creepypasta website. I got some of mine off of like a uh, really bad creepypasta wiki <laughs> gotcha <laughs> right that's where that the goofy one came from isn't it definitely where the goofy one came from <laughs> I, I knew it alright here we go the gift of mercy message begins we made a mistake that is the simple undeniable truth of the matter however painful it might be the flaw was not in our observatories for those machines were as perfect as we could make and they showed us only the unfiltered light of truth. The flaw was not in the predictor, for it is a device of pure, infallible logic, turning raw data into meaningful information I without the you... taint of emotion or bias. I see why Savvy fucking picked this one up. <laughs> I heard logic, and I was like, oh, okay. The flaw was within us, the orchestrators of this disaster, the sentients who thought themselves beyond such failings. We are responsible. It began a short while ago, as these things are measured, less than six to the sixth daily ago, though I suspect our systems of measure will mean very little by the time anyone receives this transmission. We detected faint radio signals from a blossoming intelligence two to the fourteenth dailies toward the or outward from the galactic core as photons travel. I really like dailies as a uh, like fantasy Un measurement. A unit yeah. of measure, yeah. yes. My favorite from the Star Trek universe is the Klingon one, Kelecams. Also, does Kelecams. This sounds really, really like Vulcan-esque. Okay. It's, Keep listening. Yeah. Okay. At first crude and unstructured, these leaking broadcasts quickly grew in complexity and strength, as did the messages they carried. Though our observatories, or through our observatories, we watched a world of strife and violence populated by a barbaric race of short-lived, fast-breeding vermin. They were brutal and uncultured thugs, which stabbed and shot and burned each other with no regard for life or purpose. Been there. <laughs> we sure have. Even their concepts of art spoke of conflict and pain. They divided themselves according to some bizarre cultural patterns and even set their industries... Oh, I screwed that line up. Oops. Take it back. Take that one back. <laughs> they divided themselves according to some bizarre cultural patterns and set their every industry to cause of death. They terrified us, but we were older and wiser and so very far away, so we did not fret. Then we watched them split the atom and breach the heavens within the breadth of one of their single short generations, and we began to worry. When they began actively transmitting messages and greetings into space, we felt fear and horror. Their transmissions promised peace and camaraderie to any who were listening. But we had watched them for too long to buy into such transparent deceptions. Oh, damn. They knew we were out here, and they were coming for us. The orchestrators consulted the predictor, and the output was dire. They would multiply and grow and flood out of their home system like some uncountable tide of devourer worms, consuming all that lay in their path. It might take six to the eighth dailies, but they would destroy us if left unchecked. With aching carapaces, we decided to act. 
and sealed our fate. Savvy and Jason, I want you guys to see the face I've been making this entire time. You've been re- <laughs> <laughs> a game. Go on. My mouth a is game. a game. <laughs> the gift of mercy was eight to the fourth strides long with a mouth two-fourths that in diameter, filled with many four to the fourth weights of machinery, fuel, and ballast. It would push itself up to two-eighths of light speed with its onboard fuel and then begin to consume interstellar primary element two of two to feed its unlimited acceleration. It would be traveling at nearly light speed when it hit. They would never see it coming. Its launch was a day of mourning, celebration, and reflection. Holy shit. (laughs) The horror of the act we had committed weighted heavily upon us. The necessity of our crime did little to comfort us. The gift had barely cleared the outer cometary halo when the mistake was realized, but it was too late. The gift could not be caught, could not be recalled, or diverted from its path. The architects and work crews, horrified at the awful power of the thing upon which they'd labored, had quietly self-terminated in droves, walking unshielded into radiation zones, neglecting proper null pressure safety, or simply ceasing their nutrient consumption until their metabolic functions ceased. The appalling cost in lives had forced the orchestrators to streamline the gift's design and construction. There had been no time for the design or implementation of anything beyond the simple, massive engines and stabilizing systems. We could only watch in shame and horror as the light of genocide faded into infrared against the distant void. Okay, so they're being like super judgy at the beginning and then... They're worried. They're They're scared. Mm -hmm. They're scared of the unknown. They're unscared of. Well, they're scared I, of us. To be so they've seen the fair. enemy, and it was us. Yes, to be because fair. we did we did create you know the nuclear bomb and go to I, space. I, I used it against our own people. I have become very death, quickly, yeah. and so they thought they needed to do something. Did you get that? Did you get that reference, Jason? I, I didn't good. hear what you said. I said I am become death. Yes, yes, yeah. the destroyer of worlds. Destroyer of worlds. Yeah. That's what Oppenheimer said. Yep. Yep. Little, his, little, little history lesson little there. History, <laughs> you know? First thing said when the fucking <laughs> first. Yep. I uh, am become yeah. death. I am become death. Destroyer of worlds. So smart. Fucking gnarly. <laughs> fucking metal as shit. <laughs> anyway. Right, back to our story now. <laughs> I think I'm drunk now. <laughs> it's weird. Alcohol will do that. Yeah. <laughs> you think after 26 episodes I would get that. But uh <laughs> Yeah, let's all, yeah, let's all, yeah. Little little cheers there. Little cheers at uh, Adam Power. (laughs) Ah. And now, as Paul Harvey used to say, famous radio performer, the rest of the story. Ooh. They grew and they changed. In a handful of lifetimes, they abolished war, abandoned their violent tendencies, and turned themselves to the grand purposes of life and oh. art. Hopeful. We watched them remake first themselves, and then their world. No. Their frail, soft bodies gave way to gleaming metal and plastics. They unified their people through an omnipresent communications grid and produced art of such power and emotion, the likes of which the galaxy has never seen before, or again, because of us. Oh my God! Yeah, they already sent the gift. They, they converted their homeworld into a paradise by their standards, and many ten to the sixths of them poured out into the surrounding system. Can we just talk about their math system for a second? Yeah, the way they look at things like that—it's got to be because they don't have 
the same number of digits that we do. Mm-hmm. It's got to be it, right? Ooh. Yeah. It's interesting that the notation yeah, is so yeah. odd. I always, they shorten it all. That's an interesting, uh, like, this bit is, of detail that the author threw in, which sure. I like. So well written. Yeah. Like so, yes. this whole time, I've, I'm fully enthralled. Like yes. I, I usually interject a little more, but like this, this is... one, this <laughs> this is one that fired I, my brain I'm when I read it. Fully yeah. emerged. All right, so they they converted their home world into a paradise by their standards, and many ten to the six of them poured out onto the surrounding system with a rap with rapidity and vigor that we could only envy. With bodies built to survive every environment from the daylit surface of their innermost world to the atmosphere of their largest gas giant and the cold void in between, they set out to sculpt their system into something beautiful. Mm -hmm. At first, we thought them simple miners, stripping the rocky planets and moons for vinyl resources. But then we began to see the purpose to their constructions, the artworks carved into every surface and traced across the system in glittering lights and dancing fusion trails. And still... Our terrible gift approached. Oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> so I, I keep forgetting about the gift. Yeah. <laughs> they had less than two to the second daily to see it, two following so closely on the tail of its own light. In that time, oh so brief by even their fleeting lives, more than ten to the tenth sentience prepared for death. Lovers exchanged last words, separated by worlds and the tyranny of light speed. Their planet-side engineers worked frantically to build sufficient transmission infrastructure to upload the countless masses with the necessary neural modifications, while those above dumped lifetimes of music and literature from their databanks to make room for passengers. Those lacking the required hardware or the time to acquire it consigned themselves to death, lashed out in fear and pain, or simply went about their lives as best they could under the circumstances. The gift arrived suddenly, the light of its impact visible in our skies, shining bright and cruel even to the unaugmented ocular receptor. We watched and we wept for our victims, dead so many dealies before the light of their doom had even reached us. Many six to the fourths of those who had been directly or even tangentially involved in the creation of the gift sealed their spiracles with paste as a final penance for the small roles they had played in this atrocity. The light dimmed, the dust cleared, and our observatories refocused upon the place where their shining blue world had once hung in the void and found only dust and the pale gleam of an orphaned moon wrapped in a thin, burning wisp of atmosphere that had once belonged to its parent. Radiation and relativistic shrapnel had wiped out much of the inner system and continent-sized chunks of molten rock carried screaming ghosts outward at interstellar escape Jesus. velocities. That's so metal. <laughs> Truly. Haunted size ghost. <laughs> Jason, can you read the line again? Yes, I'm sorry. sorry I, I, I heard it right the first time, but I couldn't repeat it. Radiation and relativistic shrapnel had wiped out much of the inner system and continent-sized chunks of molten rock carried screaming ghosts outward at interstellar escape velocities. I mean, if it's a whole continent of people (laughs) being ghosts. Damned to wander the great void for an eternity. The damage was apocalyptic, but not complete. From the shadows of their outer worlds, tiny points of light emerged. Thousands of fusion trails of single ships and world ships and everything in between many ten to the sixth of survivors in flesh and steel and memory banks, ready to rebuild, 
For a few moments, we felt relief, even joy, and we were filled with the hope that their culture and art would survive the terrible blow we had dealt them. I felt relieved for a second, but now I'm feeling like I won't be relieved. Then came the message. Fuck. <laughs> Tightly focused at our star, transmitted simultaneously by hundreds of their ships. We know you are out there, and we are coming for you. Message ends. Anonymous. Fucking chills on that one. That's so, so good. good. Like, so good. That, that and, the, and the, the, the short angel one were my two favorites. Yeah. yeah. His, that was my, my favorite of his was the angel one, and this was my favorite of yours, Sammy. Yeah. The angel um, one's a classic. It is, man. Yeah. That's just I've, great. I've seen that one a million times. I've, I've never, like, read or heard anything about, like, space creepypastas. They're so Oh, space is horrifying. Jeez. This was phenomenal. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Just the tragedy of it all. The 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 tragedy, but the the stakes. Like, yeah. our entire Earth, like, our entire wave. race. And I, I didn't catch it until like Jason just read it out. But like at some point during that, we like turned into like that's the, robot. That's the thing, though. At some point after they sent it, we turned into like an evolved species. An evolved species and beyond our normal and became be, be, yeah. what yeah. we should be. Yeah. These creatures of light and art. So tragic. The thing and that then the, to be destroyed yeah. because it was already set in motion. The yeah. thing that the three of us talk about the most that we want to see out of society happen. And, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. someone wiped us out. Because we all watch Well, Star not all of us. We all watch Star Trek. Because so like, <laughs> We know you're out there. Yeah. yeah. And we are coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's Yeah. And and I mean, honestly, <laughs> you have to think about that. I want to hear a concept album based on that. We you know evolve I mean? to the point that they talk about in this story. Mm -hmm. But when that level of devastation happens, we revert to our base human instinct to want to get, re get get revenge. revenge. That's wow. interesting. But I mean, they fucking destroyed Earth. They did. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's fair game, but like it just goes to show that at at the core we are still the same creature. Yeah, which even you I don't feeling we'll that way, that. you know the, what I mean? The Star Trek thing, because you'd mentioned it. Yeah, it's course, very, it does feel very Star Trek. You have Next Generation, which you're still watching. Yes, yes, and it is this utopia generally. I mean, there are a few things that aren't quite right at mm -hmm. times in it, but it presents a very hopeful view of the future. Mm -hmm. As you continue watching the series, when you get to Deep Space Nine and all of a sudden there's an existential threat to this Federation, oh, it's interesting to see how things change. Revert back. Oh, shit. That's all I'll I say. Mean, I would have watched Star Trek. Now. When you're, when you're faced with such stakes. Yes. The, the, like, right. When, when it is an existential very few threat. Options. Right. Yeah. Yes. I what do that. you do? Do you just let it happen? No. Or do you fight back? Like, no, Especially I get, when at that point, I'm sure we have the means to fight back. Right. I get that for sure, but that goes to show at our core, the same creature all the way through. Mm -hmm. But what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the motivator of that, that instinct? It's survival, also, right? Also, it's survival. Speaking of Star Trek, there's a lot of cultures that I feel like they've run into where like they just didn't have that in them like for like the revenge or like the yeah. need for a certain amount of violence which you still see in the federation this has turned into a star trek podcast <laughs> <laughs> shocking we read a space story and now we're talking about star trek oh, look welcome back to cock continues um, <laughs> cockland cockland what's your uh <laughs> 
I don't want to put you on the spot. What's, what, what's Cock your... believer. Cock believer. Is my PlayStation username. <laughs> Cock believer. <laughs> I feel like I've missed part of the story, and yet I feel I know exactly what you're talking about. You know about. everything. That's yes. all you need to know. Yes. <laughs> Cock, for anybody that's listening that doesn't listen to Star Trek, is the combination of Spock and Kirk. And Kirk, which are. And when he says combination, he means that in every possible way. Yeah. The literal fitting together. <laughs> yes, if you will. The union yeah. of the two characters that uh, that Savvy seems especially interested in, I'll note, <laughs> for some reason. I don't know what it is about them, but they're like my favorite parents. I came, in into, I came into Star Trek from you <laughs> telling me about that. So, like, the entire They're time. so cute. I was watching. I was like, oh, these guys are fucking. They're fucking. (laughs) (laughs) They just, they truly, their relationship is so cute to me. I I think it's just like how opposite they are. And like one's an alien, one's a human. I just. I don't know. And it's gay. That's really it. To wrap wrap (laughs) this up before we move on to the next story. If you were interested in that last story we just read, go Go watch watch Star Star Trek. Trek. (laughs) Pretty much. That's it. Yes. Rating. Available on, oh, rating. Hmm. Uh, that I, one, mm-hmm. like Stone Cold Sober. Yeah, I would, that one's great. I would rate that some sort of uh, a shot of some sort of Klingon alcohol. Oh shit! Some blood wine, maybe. I blood feel like wine. that. I feel like I would also rate it Stone Cold Sober because I'm a little tipsy right now, and that one made me really sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, also Just now, I would also actually probably rate that Stone Cold Sober because there was parts where I was like kind of missing what was going yeah. on because There's I was a, a little drunk. It, because it's written from the perspective of the alien, it's a yeah. little bit hard to follow. You have to you have to like cognitively you have to really it helps engaged. if you're actually looking at like the words. Yeah. Um, yes. But it's, it's, it was definitely it's, wonderful wonderfully written of of the ones i've read of savvy's there's one i haven't read that we're going to do apparently here in a a minute but um of the ones i read of yours that was my favorite one good i really like that one too star trek yeah so um do draven's short one there and then the the last one is that what you want so our next one is entitled headaches it's one that draven found i don't really remember this one Um, so i'm excited to hear it again (laughs) here here we go with headaches It's a stabbing pain, really. It comes suddenly, without warning. I don't know how many doctors I've seen. Migraine? Migraine medications didn't help. Tension headaches, please. I'm fine most of the time, but then it hits. It hits right behind the eye. It attacks me like some tiny demon with an ice pick stabbing my eye. It comes without warning, without pity, and without remorse. I tried medication. Really? I did everything they told me. Pain medication, seizure medications, yoga, meditation, (laughs) everything. I tried drugs. All of them, really. I tried marijuana, Percocet, heroin. My demon just laughs at drugs. I got caught. I got caught with Percocet. My parents think I'm a criminal. It's not my fault. It's the demon. It's always the demon. He screeches. (sighs) It attacked me in the car once. I crashed into a parked car. I got sued. Really, it's not fair. It wasn't my fault. When it attacks, my eyes water and my nose runs. I can't see. I am so caught up in your... (laughs) Same. I am enthralled. (laughs) 
I wanted to interject somewhere, but I was like, no, let it continue. All I feel is the stabbing, angry pain trying to pop out my eye. It happened once at my job. I screamed. Everyone thought I was crazy. Savvy just threw themselves around so hard when you said said that last line. Someone's got a little eye trauma fear over there. I don't like eye things. I don't like eye things. I don't like teeth things. Nope. Yep. So what about an eye socket full of teeth? Yeah. And moving on. All it takes is one time doing something out of the norm, and I'm labeled as crazy. No one understands. I can't sleep. I can't work. I can't drive. I just wait for the demon to attack. He's coming. I don't know when. I don't know where. But he always comes back. The anticipation is almost worse than the stab. All day, I just wait. I just wait for the demon. Sometimes he comes, sometimes he doesn't. I think he just laughs at me. It's not fair. I didn't ask for this. One doctor said it was an ice pick headache. Yeah, well, that's what it feels like. A demon with an ice pick. A demon stabbing me. I hate him. I thought I could stab him back. I didn't want to go without a fight, you know. So I got my own ice pick. I got my own ice pick, and I sliced out my eye. <laughs> Can you imagine plucking out your own eye? No, I can't. <laughs> but it didn't help. It didn't help. I don't know what else to do. Suicide? Maybe. I... But maybe I can get rid of the demon by finding him a new home. Maybe he'd like someone else. Maybe he'll move on and I'll be free. I'll get my life back. I know it's not fair, but it's not fair that I have to go through this. It's not fair. Maybe if someone else feels an ice pick through their eye, they'll understand. Maybe the demon will go to them. Anyway, that's why you're here. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Really, really, I am. But I don't know what else to do. Please, stop struggling. It's just going to make things worse. Damn. Credit on that one is D. Fulkerson. Yes. D. Fulkerson. Wow. Round of applause for that writing. And another round of applause for Jason's acting. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. Great Woo! performance. Great performance. Thank you. Damn. Yeah. I things um, absolute <laughs> no go for me. He also attacked that other person uh, with an eyeball oh. out. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's yeah. a kind of a, a feat, really, to get yeah. the depth perception thing right. <laughs> that's another <laughs> one that feels a really realistic, though. Like, even if it's just a physical symptom, it's someone is oh, when it's talking over themselves. and over yeah. and over. I mean, that, that when I read that one, that's that's the feeling that it gave me, and that's why that one I kind of acted it's, out a little bit more. Yeah, truly, it's more of a truly, it could just be like a migraine it situation. Could. But when he hears migraine, he's like, "Fucking fucking migraine!" This isn't just a migraine. Yeah, yeah. I've had migraine. This is not a migraine. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Just talking yourself into it into being it something being... so much bigger. 
and making yourself crazy. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's that whole thing of, you know, like the repetitive types of torture, right? Where it's like mm -hmm. the water drop on the forehead right. or the sound yeah. that never goes away right when you're getting ready to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. We're not wired to be able to deal with that kind of stuff no. at yeah. all. And, and I mean, that was the panic I felt when I was reading it was like, can you imagine if ne you never know when that's going to come and then just it's, yeah, it's pain. The, in the anticipation Damn. thing got to me really big yeah. because yeah. I'd like, my entire life is just like anticipating the worst thing possible. So. Worst case scenario. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't anticipate the worst case scenario necessarily, but I envision it a lot. Right. That's kind of where my brain goes is what can go wrong here? I think it's a defense mechanism to try to, you know, yeah. prepare yourself for it. Mine's more like, um, what can I do? Because like I, 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 I assume that the worst case scenario is what's going to happen. So a lot of my actions are, what can I do to prevent? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, that one was a little emotional. Yeah. yeah. I, I really liked that reading of it. It was, Thank uh, you. That was very I was good. very yes. enthralled. Well, we've got one more. We've got one more. One Jason, more. do you want to read through it first or just no, go for it? I'm going to go for it cold. I want to be surprised as well. <laughs> oh, this is going to be the best one. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. This is just going to be... Let me get comfy in my if, if I get here. into it and I go the wrong direction, it might turn out awful, but oh well. We'll see. Um, yeah, yeah. Always, always lean Willing in. to take that risk. Always yeah. lean in. All right, let's I see. think you'll be just fine. All righty. I really liked your reading of the alien one too, by the way, because there was, yes. a, there was a little. There was a little. little I'm an alien. Yeah. I'm speaking like this, <laughs> yeah. like Spock yeah. would, because I'm logical. Well, yeah. kind of. Yeah, that's why. Part of me wanted to do almost like. I don't know if you've gotten to that episode yet. There's an alien insect race that shows up in Next Gen uh -huh. called the Harada. And their, their 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 speaker has a particular kind of timbre to their voice. And I was going to try to do that, but it, it's too hard to sustain. It kind of wrecks my voice a little bit. Right. To try Is it to the do one it. where there's like different people, but they're all like, I am his voice? Oh, I fucking love that episode. No. That one's wild. It's... <laughs> The one where Picard has to learn how to do the greeting in their language, and if he messes oh, it up, oh, it's like the insects. Like, yes, the yeah. insect people. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really when it really, said carapaces. That's what. Oh, made gotcha. Because I think I've seen that episode. Yeah, it's yeah, it, that it's, one's not I think too it's far like in second or third season. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, something like that. But that's a cool episode. It is also the episode that you're talking about. Yeah, that one's insane. I love that one. That's so cool. Oh, uh, you guys should watch Star Trek. <laughs> you guys should watch Star Trek. It just gets so good as you keep going. It's yeah. crazy. I'll take some blame for all of this. Yeah. Jason got Savvy into it. Savvy got me into it. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I love it. Yeah. The all right. Quiet Sky. <clears throat> all right. So here we go. As Savvy just told us, it is called The Quiet Sky. The date on this one is December the 7th, 2016. Wow. Peak year. <laughs> take a little, little Peak drink year. on my beverage here. To 20, 2016. I'm out of beverage. Oh. Yeah. Somebody's drinking too fast. Cheers. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it started when we called out to the stars into the darkness. We felt so small, tumbling through the vast emptiness while clinging to the skin of the world and without a single reason why. We were curious, yes, but ultimately I think we were just terribly frightened. We were young, so very young. We were children. And like a lonely, lost child, we did the only thing we could think of to make it stop. We did what we thought we had to do to make the universe make some sense. We called for help. 
For years, we scanned the sky for a sign. We sent signals to the stars and the darkness beyond. Are we alone? But the skies were quiet, always so quiet, leaving us to our own makings. But crying children never cease, and neither did we. We sent calls into every corner of space for decade after decade. We refused to believe no one was out there. They had to be, yet for some unknown reason, they never answered us. Everyone remembers when that changed. They think it responded to the Arecibo message from 1974. The response to the Arecibo message was received almost three months ago in two separate parts. The first part of the message was received at the Hat Creek Radio Observatory in California. The alien telescope array picked up what sounded like static interference that continued on for over an hour. It consisted of unintelligible screeching and buzzing sounds that continued without pause for the whole hour. The meaning of this message was never discovered, if it had one. The only thing we knew was that the signal's origin came somewhere in the Hercules constellation near Messier 13. As soon as that signal stopped, the real message began. We made contact that day, and we were asked a question. Who is there? It came not through the radios, but has a voice. Whoa. A voice inside all of our heads. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it asked the question of us. I heard it. My wife heard it. The young heard it and the old heard it. Even the deaf heard it. The red heard it. The blue heard it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Have some respect for the material, man. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Everyone everywhere heard this voice whisper that question in their heads in every language on earth. I remember it almost too clearly. It asked in that familiar yet indescribable voice that's always there in my mind. Ooh. <laughs> it was like one of my own thoughts had gone rogue. That's horrifying. That's me interjecting. Sorry. Been there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, it's like that's one of my own horrifying. thoughts had gone rogue. But it to everyone on the planet at the same time. Yeah. And had decided to speak directly to me. The world seemed to stop as everyone listened for what came next. Where are you? Oh shit! Don't worry. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, sorry. Just uh, we're wait, closed. Wait, <laughs> we're way too far. You wouldn't want to even come out here. It's way too far. The heavy question seemed to linger in our minds for hours afterwards, and then for days, and then for weeks. That day changed everything. Well, there were the doubters from the very beginning, and the <laughs> holy ones who claimed that God had spoken to all of us and that the time to repent was now. Why would God ask, where are you and who are you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> covered you know, in the omnipotence, <laughs> the omnipresence, <laughs> and the omniscience, right? Kind of knows all those things. Surely. Should be. Anyway. There were those who claimed they'd heard nothing and those who'd claimed that the aliens had given them their own secret messages. This was all found on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> all these claims. Indeed. <laughs> and of course, there were those who truly believed that we had been contacted for the first time by an extraterrestrial race like us, one ready to communicate, ready to lead us out of the dark. I don't know what else you would think happened. We were wrong. Oh. 
I was just letting you hang out there because I knew what the next line was because I read ahead. And I was just like, okay, we'll see where this goes. This oh, <clears throat> we never made contact with alien life, at least nothing comprehensible or discernible to human understanding. The stars are vast. And in their vastness, our voices had touched the ears of something truly incomprehensible, something hungry and malevolent, the voice. We realized our mistake when the ground started to groan. Beneath our feet everywhere, the ground seemed to moan. The ground? Like under my, under my feces? Yes, the ground. No, that's so gross. I don't like it. The muffled sounds shook through the dust and dirt below us. No one knew what was causing it, at least not until the calls started coming in. The graveyards were screaming. All at once, the dead had started screaming. Every deceased man, woman, and child was turning in their graves. All the animals did so too. Every dog, every cat, everything that had ever walked this earth. The cries of ancient whales shook the seas. The shrill screeching of birds echoed in the forest. The amount of real anxiety I feel right now. <laughs> the caskets shook and the morgues howled. <laughs> the voices stopped together in an instant, leaving the world with an amplified silence. In their absence, a new sound filled the air. The voice returned. I hear you. It came as a whisper from behind. Now, wait a second. There was a whisper from behind in one of the other ones, and it did not turn out well. No, this one doesn't turn just out Is that mine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Greg. Well, Greg just... Fucking remember Greg? Greg? Greg just smoked some of her weed and then left. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Greg like a, was just like kind of... Maybe a demon, maybe, maybe Satan, maybe. you know, just a chill guy. He said he just threatened her and left. <laughs> so, yes. The voice, <laughs> like, you know? like a cool Sopranos character. Yeah. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, maybe don't think about this maybe, anymore. Uh, we don't talk about yeah. Cassie maybe don't, anymore. Yeah, maybe you don't talk about her anymore. Okay? <laughs> Capiche? The voice returned. I hear you. It came as a whisper from behind. An ominous yet oddly playful presence that felt so close but it was truly still so far away. It let us breathe in the silence for a minute before it made us a promise. It was a promise we all knew to be true. I am coming. Been there. <laughs> God, I hate you sometimes. <laughs> the voice was gone. Took me out. <laughs> and the air was again filled with screams. This time they were from the living. Oh, Jesus Christ. After the voice had gone, we were left to our own devices. Millions panicked, and rightfully so, as the chaos took hold of the streets. Many would die in the violence and gunfire of that night. Holy shit. They would be known as the raptured before long. And the rest of us were the condemned. We could only wait. The screaming dead was only the first of the side effects that we felt as the voice approached. The closer it got the more we felt it. That first night after the screaming, we noticed the stars bleed for the first time. What the fuck? A section of the western sky had turned black, blacker than the night. It was only truly visible because of the ring of stars around it. The light from those stars had turned red. 
and they seemed to bleed across the sky like food coloring dripped into water. Oh, my God. Their light swirled and flowed all around the edge of some unseen mass. I knew then that I was staring into the face of the voice. Our scientists claimed that nothing was there and that their radar and scans always came up empty. Their telescopes could see nothing but darkness in that section of space. However, the, the proof was right there in front of us every night. As that ring of darkness got wider and more stars bled in the sky. We watched it come. As each night passed, the black spot would widen and more stars would distort and then bleed around it. During the day, a new hell would greet us. The side effects worsened. The day always brought something new. I'm sure most of what had happened would go untold and unknown. The animals started disappearing, all of them. No tracks, traces, or bodies were left behind. Pets would run away, some violently so. They all retreated, never to be seen again. The forests were left abandoned, the oceans empty, and the air was left silent. The world left seemed empty and lonely. They left like water receding from the shore just before the tsunami breaks. One day, about two weeks ago, scientists tried to talk to the voice again. They hoped, perhaps, to reason with it. They told it about what was happening on our world, and they asked it questions. The scientists begged. It didn't speak. When asked what the voice sent a response, that's, oh, that, that doesn't make any sense, that line. What? When asked what the voice sent a response. Okay, moving on. The next <laughs> what, night. When asked when the asked voice what the voice oh. sent. No, that doesn't make any sense. Like I said, when okay. asked what the voice sent a response. Okay, so something's missing there. Anyway, yeah. the next <laughs> night, the skies lit up with streaks of fire. I feel like it's supposed to say when asked what the voice respond. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <What>? Okay. <laughs> the next night, the skies lit up with streaks of fire. It was a light for hours, blazoned with strange and orange and red, excuse me. We didn't realize the effects until the next day when the televisions turned to static and the telephones refused to work. We had sat watching as all the satellites were knocked out of the heavens. After that, reports became rumors and rumblings, sanity a thing of the past. The air chilled and weighed us down. The voice was nearly here, and everyone felt it. It rained for a week after the satellites fell. The rain was salty and, and mired with an unknown filth that turned the grass black. Maybe the satellites tracked something back in with them when they hit the sky. No, no, no one knew for sure. All we know is that it fell from the clouds black as charcoal that blotted out the sun like liquid ash. Liquid ass. <laughs> <laughs> like liquid ass. I don't Paging know. Dr. Also, Freud. Anyway. I, I don't know why people are still trying to put scientific fucking reasoning to this shit. Maybe the satellites brought something. No, no. <laughs> Maybe it's a space demon do? from hell. Fair enough. Darkness fell upon us for days. When the clouds went away, the skies were empty. There were no clouds, yet the sky hung low and gray as if the sun was anywhere in the sky. It never, And if the sun was in the sky, it never made itself known. Even it had abandoned us. Each day grew slowly darker and darker until night and day became almost the same. Some people would claim later that they'd seen things in the dark. Creatures with gangly limbs and crooked faces lurking in the corner of their vision. 
They were tall, white creatures that looked molted or rotten through their transparent skin. Appearances would last for just a second or two before vanishing without a trace. Some believed that this was the first step in the aliens' invasion, but the rest of us didn't know what to think. We just knew that it was nothing that simple or benign. They must have been hallucinations, just, just more madness to endure. But ultimately, as harmless as anything else, as harmless as the screams of the dead, the missing animals, and the dying sky. Appearances slowly increased in duration and number. I think everyone saw them once at the least, but I, I don't think a single person would ever guess why they were truly here. They never touched nor spoke to anyone, and they certainly never harmed anyone. Most who got good looks at them described them as mournful or, or sorrowful looking. Some even claimed the creatures watched over them at night, and others even claimed that it seemed as if the creatures were sorry for them. One claimed to have even seen one prostrate on the ground, hands clasped above its head. He said it was praying for us. Prayer was no help. The churches and places of worship that had divided us for so long failed to bring hope to any in the end. The voice let them pray and beg for a while. But just days ago, the voice ended it all. No one questioned how, for at this point nothing that happened surprised anyone anymore. But on the final day, all books of worship burned. Every last Bible, every Koran, everything. Every Torah, every... Mor uh, what's the Mormon book? Uh, the, book be the, book Mormon. Mormon. <laughs> the Book of Mormon. Every book of dial... What is the... <laughs> Di what is the one for... Dialysis. Uh... <laughs> Are you talking about Dionysus? No, no, no. The one for uh, um, Scientologist. Oh. Um, Dinesh? Uh, no. It's like something like, it sounds like. Dianetics. Dianetics. By L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron yeah. Hubbard. The man. Good job. <laughs> we are now all labeled suppressive persons in the, in the Scientologist faith by even saying that. So. Oh yeah, Ooh. we're gonna get Tom Cruise. Stalked. Tom Cruise is gonna come kill us all. <laughs> what a way to He's go! He's too honestly. short. He can't reach my neck. And then oh. we never heard again. Heard from again. Um, <clears throat> so all, all the books of worship gone. People rushed to their centers of faith, but found no solace. The churches and temples had suffered the same fates, if not worse. The people were left, abandoned by their greatest hopes. There were rumors of churches all over the world with walls formed from the bodies of those who formed or sought refuge. Jesus. They were merged to the walls, stuck to them like flies in a trap. They died still pleading for hope, but they were beyond God's help. The rest of us had learned to stop begging. We waited. The final message came from beyond the sky. It fell upon us. The voice echoed, and it spoke the simple truth. I am here. There is a darkness beyond the horizon, the likes of which I doubt has ever been seen. It brings with it the screams of countless souls, and it moves fast. The stars are dying now, and I know they'll never be seen again. The light is dying so fast. I leave this not as a warning. No, it's far too late for that. Instead, consider this the last realization. 
the last humanity will ever know. For we used to wonder whether or not we were alone and lost, but never whether or not we were safe and hidden. The universe is infinite, and our understanding was significantly more finite. We should never have beckoned to the darkness. Instead, we should have clung to the light and closed our eyes every time we were turned to the void. As the final minutes approach, I hold one final truth to be certain. I now know why the skies were always so quiet. Oh, credit Ryan Brenneman. That shit, that ending, fucking yeah. guitar solo. <laughs> that shit was so metal. Did you guys like that one? Oh fuck yeah, I like yeah. that one. That one is truly terrifying. I like because that. Think about we have literally sent messages out just fucking willy yeah. nilly. Oh yeah, I like the idea of a bunch of aliens coming and be like, "Where's your god now?" and then burning all the churches <laughs> to the ground. Well, it, yeah, it, it like the the golden um, discs that we sent up with some of the probes that yeah. we sent out, right? That literally, basically provide a map to Earth. Yeah. And we came like, in peace for all mankind. Tell them a lot about us. Tell, yeah, and about how we think, about our mathematics, yeah, 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 our music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good thing you're getting these carpets clean because I just pissed myself. Be- <laughs> because, you know, we, we're assuming that we're giving, you know, aliens well, we, a ass- basis for communication yeah. without thinking about malevolent aliens. I think, we, I think humanity has double bluffed themselves into thinking that aliens are peaceful you know what i mean because it's like like because we're fine now yeah, like nothing's happened to us so far it's well just, it's just i like think the it's idea what it is of like we assume that they're going to be malevolent because that's our human nature to be like we don't know what the fuck that is so fuck that but like when people talk about it they're like well why do we assume that aliens would be bad so i feel like we've double bluffed ourselves into feeling safe about it you uh, know what I, mean? I think it's more like primal than that even it's a weird thing, but we're kind of that hardwired for hope, right? Yeah. We all, we e- do do that. We a have lot. a tendency to do that. <laughs> and I think we would assume that an advanced civilization, one that was, you know, hyper intelligent, travel, travel like to that. stars yeah. would have grown beyond, you know, the malevolence or, or mm-hmm. bad thoughts or feelings, but we have no, empirical evidence of that or that none whatsoever and and, and it presupposes we're we're trying to you know interpose our viewpoint on things on Mm -hmm. a culture that their thought process could be nothing at all yes remotely close to ours yes yeah and i mean we could be seen as food or fuel yeah Yeah. or you know labor or whatever because you know we've never done that before just giving that out we're just sending that out makes me so nervous especially if they're reading this i'm like oh fuck like because you could do absolutely nothing about that like there could be a giant space demon yeah that's just like 
Where's and they're like, God oh, now? like I hear something. And yeah. then they head towards that. And it's fucking us sending out messages. Because like, we're like, we need a sign. We need a sign that we're not alone. Just just everybody being like, <sighs> you guys hear that in the distance? And then like you follow it and it takes you to your graveyard. Like, oh, it's the dead. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it's the screaming oh, dead. It's, oh. it's everything that has ever lived on this earth screaming. That's cool. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Part of this, yeah. though, in, to, to me, made me visualize when it was talking about seeing it growing in the sky yeah. and yeah. the bleeding or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's essentially, depending on your perspective where you are in, in relation to the event horizon, mm -hmm. what it would look like if a giant black hole came and swallowed up the mm -hmm. earth. Oh. Is you would just see nothingness and then around it. It could it, have just been a black hole. It could have been a, but I mean, it's sending voice messages or. But it could be a. Because like, we're not answering. Or is this someone's hallucination in their mind oh. trying to make of sense of what they're seeing right as because you know as as it approaches and it starts pulling the matter out into a string basically of infinite mm. length but it did seem like it was malevolent happening to everyone right yeah the way they were describing well, the story also anyway. just the like before all like the mass shit delusion is the thing that's true. All the shit before all the shit popped off, where it, there there would be like a bunch of people being like, "Well, I didn't hear anything." Fucking yeah, yeah. And you never like I don't know, just like that feels so realistic. It does. Like, yeah. cause like I, I like think about the amount of people that are just like blind to mass shootings and yeah. like just think about gun rights. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Desensitized yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah, desensitized at least. But like also in their own world. Yeah. Or just willing to push forward whatever fits their agenda. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, I didn't hear any aliens. Anyways, let's talk about abortions. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Or like immediately assume he was God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Asking yeah, yeah, yeah. those questions. Like, what? You're just, you're, you know. Where if... are you? <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's like... I also wonder if somebody accidentally said it in their head and that's what led them there. <laughs> like, Suddenly I'm reminded, you? again, of Star Trek, of yeah. course. Yeah. Where was me... where was James T. Kirk? What does God need, <laughs> need. with a map? Yeah. <laughs> what does God need with uh, a starship? Need with a starship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, oh, fuck. Oh, that part movie. of that movie is honestly one of the best. What does... God need with a starship. <laughs> real, real quote from Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Real quote. Watch Star Trek. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. <laughs> Rating for this one, everybody. Uh, that one makes me want to drink a lot. It makes yeah. It, yeah, it kind of makes me want to drink. Yeah. Not to understand it more, but to no, no, not no, worry no. or think about to it. You know, understand it less. To understand it less. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Like three, three drinks at least for this one. I give it three shots. Um, what about the last one? We didn't rate the last one with the, the headaches. I thought we did. Did we? Did we? I don't know. I don't think we did. We'll do it one more time just in case. Because uh, I don't know what my rating is for that, so I don't think we did it. I, for the headaches one, mm -hmm. I'd give it like I'd give it a shot. I give it a, a drink as well. I'd give it a drink for the story, but. Maybe three or four, maybe blackout drunk for the eye trauma. Yeah. I would, okay, that's fair. I would give it a, a shot for every eye, eye bodily harm that happens. <laughs> yeah. I would give it a stone cold server for Jason's performance. Yeah. Okay. 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 Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, this one um, I read and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> no! I, it's easy, like like even if we did do the names at the top, it'd be easy to tell which ones were yours yeah. for me because I know you like you already experience an insane amount of existential dread on a day to day oh, basis. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, boy. Yay! <laughs> that turned you Rastafarian for some reason. Oh yeah, boy. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, shit. That, that joke is cut. <laughs> Mark. Oh, Marker. Holy hell. Holy hell. Um, yeah. Um, I just, like, oh, man, I love space, you know, and, like, all the science fiction we have about it. But, like, in real life, we just know so little. Like, the more you learn about it, the more you realize we don't fucking know. I truly don't believe the saying that we know less about our ocean than we know about space. That's, there's no way. That's dumb. There's no way. That's stupid. Like, <laughs> well, we don't know how far out We can barely to, see to, space. To an extent, though, for, excuse me, from at least from human um, interaction, that's true. There are places in the ocean where we've no never one has been. ever gone. Right. Yeah. And but they're, don't they're, know I what mean, the same like. for space. Yeah, but we can at least see that. Mm-hmm. Or but like what if there's more past that, right? What Is, we can see? Yeah. yeah. Well, it depends on what kind of telescope we're using, I suppose, right? <sighs> I mean, we have like that map of like we know a general understanding of the edge of the universe. But, but it's an constantly edge expanding. It's constantly as like that's um, just really until that's, suddenly it stops and starts cr- crunching back in, which is one of the theories. Thank you, Jason. Uh, I think about that yeah. all the time. Have you seen the movie Mr. Nobody? I have not. It, has, one, it does a lot to do. With, <clears throat> it has a lot to do with that theory. One of my great the, fears. The great crunch. The I great think crunch. The big crunch. Yeah. Yeah. Big one crunch. of my great fears. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but one of my great. <laughs> <laughs> this might become one of them. Is that um, like how people keep saying, you know, everything's going by really fast. Uh huh. Like I feel like more people keep saying that. Yeah. Um, is that like there's an acceleration of time and like the experience of it, and then it reaches a certain point where we all start experiencing time faster and faster until it stops, and then we reverse. That's the idea of the big crunch. Okay, yes, great. Because relativistic time dilation: uh-huh. the faster you go, the longer. From 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 a from a from our standpoint on earth mm-hmm. if someone is moving at a relevant relativistic velocity away from us time runs more slowly for them right right so mm-hmm. 30 years for us is two days for them maybe they talk about it in that movie interstellar mm-hmm. well if the big crunch is a thing and the universe is contracting mm-hmm. what you're talking about time is time well not backwards but maybe speed up maybe i don't know that it would go backwards the thing, the thing with that also because too is the limit is approaching us, so you'd get compression. Yeah. So time would go faster. It wouldn't be dilation; it would be contraction. I think the so thing, time would go faster and faster until. But they know that it's ex- they know that it is expanding faster right now. From our perspective, it is anyway. Here's also the thing with the big crunch is. <laughs> hold, is on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. But what are we seeing from Earth and how old is that data? Facts. Maybe that's already pa- like expanding. The crunch could be happening already. already. Yeah. And we <laughs> Thank you, Jason. And we wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you, Jason. Nelson. I'm literally just trying to mess with Savvy right. right now. I gotta go so. pee now. <laughs> the, the other idea with the big crunch, though, is that if it did crunch and time started to reverse, we would like think about when you like reverse of a, a VHS, right? Yeah. You take it all the way back to the beginning. There's nowhere to go but where you've already been. So time would start again, and we'd go through the exact same process, and that would mean we are living an infinite loop of. Time getting to a certain point and going back, and then time going again. That could absolutely be a thing. Yeah. Wow. That's what I assume death is. I'll leave you with this. And you <gasps> mentioned. Did you assume death is? I assume death is uh, when you get to a certain point where you're dying, you start to relive your life, and you get to that point where you're dying again. And from that point, you go back to the beginning again, over and over and over. Oh. That's what I think death is. It's got full. We body never experience death because our body won't let us. So we just oh. kind of like impotently experience this loop. <laughs> you talk about death. Yeah. And we talked about the, so the existential horror of space. Yeah. And it's interesting. I'm going to bring everything full circle. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. With, with another Star Trek reference. Yes. Because yes. of William Shatner. Who I recently that. went up to the edge of space. And when yes. he looked, just, he looked yeah. up and he wept. Because yeah. all oh he God. saw was, was death. death. <laughs> Hardest line I've ever heard in my life. Goddamn. Have you guys listened to his new album? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> it's so good. What'd you say? Have you listened to his new album? His new album. Right, Bill's the new The one that he wrote? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. That one's really it's good. It's genuinely good. I promise. Black Horse on that one? It's all original songs. Yeah. I'll have to investigate. Yeah. You truly. But yeah. I read his whole like interview because I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> I this is the first time I'm hearing about that. That's um, terrifying. That yeah, reminds I, me of the "I am become death" line, where it's yes. just like yeah. uh, super existential. And it, it's a, a whole phenomenon that astronauts experience when they like go out to space when confronted with the void, which is horrifying to think about. When you stare into the abyss, the abyss <laughs> stares into and you. It's like, yeah, and then they think of the Earth abyss. so fondly, and like mm -hmm. that's what life, like Earth is life. Well, the perspective when you get up there, everything around in, that you. we have ever seen, anything that's ever lived or mm -hmm. died or existed, you see the the totality of that in our yeah. little blue the sphere, little, little plane, and you then look out into that vastness and realize how truly insignificant all of that is yeah. in the cosmic scale, right? Mm -hmm. We're awfully arrogant mm -hmm. in our important self-importance. Yeah, but alas. But that's can, all we have because we all yeah. have individual experiences. True, we, just, we all have very minuscule experiences in in the cosmic scale. Does this did this drinking podcast just become the most profound podcast? <laughs> These are my thoughts on a daily basis, yeah, folks. Um, <laughs> I think about death so frequently that I'm just more excited to see how it goes. Really? Yes. I could hold off on it for a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm in no rush. Uh, I, no rush. I no rush, obviously. But I'm. I'm. Would rather speculate. <laughs> I think I genuinely think my last words might be something along the lines of "Here we go." Great. <laughs> wow. Great. All right. I honestly often think about which one of us will die first. Between you and me? Yeah. I think it'll be me for sure. Why? This oh. is awful. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sitting between these two pontificating I'm so sorry. The I think end. about it so much. Um, 
but just because like you're younger than me, but like barely. I think no, I think it'll be me. Why? Statistically, I, I, you're I, right. I, for yeah, for one, because you're a man. I'm a man. Yep. For two, I do take. I, I think part of that the statistic is because men tend to make riskier choices that are dumb. I think you should probably just leave it at because we're dumb. We're dumb. Yeah, because yeah, we're dumb. Yeah, yeah. But I myself definitely make a lot of riskier choices for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And I do. I have an experience smoking, and I have a lot of family like history that doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a lot of. I'm truly not scared of dying, though. That's good. Yeah. That's very good for you. I, I, I don't live in fear of it either. I don't think about it that often. When I do, though, it doesn't scare me. I, I think it's I, it's just it's a natural conclusion to the mm-hmm. the process, I guess. So it, it doesn't scare me. I don't by any means welcome it anytime soon. Hopefully, yeah. but it doesn't scare me. I think well, that's good for you. When too. I when <laughs> I was when I was younger, I remember being scared of it a lot, mm-hmm. and then I remember coming to this realization as. Either my conscience conscience will continue, right? Or it'll stop. Or it'll stop, and I have no idea that it's stopped. So either way. The scariest thing about it, like that one story we read, would be the anticipation of it. Right. The process, I yeah. think, is actually what's terrifying to me. Yeah. Like Which is the why the transition. black hole thing creeped me out. Yeah. Because basically you fall forever. into it you never actually ever get there because of the time dilation (laughs) it's it's like that thing with the drug from the other story see they all are coming together now oh my god because time slows down (sighs) to the point where you never actually get to the event horizon or in or to the singularity i should say excuse me terrible so on that note um sweet dreams Welcome, everybody, to our midnight episode. Um, Hope you're tuning in as soon as we drop this. Oh, yeah, this would be a rough one to listen to until fucking 2 (laughs) a.m. Thank you guys for coming out again. Um, I have to be so bad. This is probably my favorite episode. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, of course. It covered all our bases, horror, great writing, um, existentialism. I think the only theme that we don't usually hit is uh, the hatred for capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> but, we uh... didn't touch that at all. <laughs> that didn't come up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you everybody for coming out. Check out the Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jason. If you're more, oh. if you're more local, also Glad. I was going to say, come check mm-hmm. out one of Jason's shows. He does them all the time. What's, yeah. What are you? What do you got coming up, Jason? Coming up, the last two weekends of October, we have the Rocky Horror Show. Hell yeah! At the Sorg Opera House in <laughs> yes. Middletown, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am portraying um, Doctor Scott. Just so please come out and see us. It's a great cast, a great orchestra, <laughs> and so funny. Uh, fun Jesse is our number one fan, which yeah. is our savvy's uh, sister. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a good one. This was yeah. a really good one. What time are we at, Jason? It looks like two hours to me. Um, where is that in the window? At the top. It's at the very top. 
at the very top. Where it's recording. Oh, up there. Yeah, we're at two hours, 10 minutes, 11 minutes Ooh, now. Boy. Never recorded Longest as episode. Long. Yep. <laughs> well, that's got all the interest up in it, though, too, and the testing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, th- uh, thank you, guys. So, Savvy and Draven. Yeah. Yes. I know you seem to have enjoyed a lot of these stories, but wait until you hear this one.